Welcome to Dr. Brian Boxer-Walkler's Health Show. Dr. Brian will pull the curtain back on viral TikTok health videos and label them as cap, false, or no cap, true. Even if you aren't on TikTok, now is the time to get on board, have fun, and join his podcast. Dr. Brian is a board-certified eye surgeon specializing in advanced LASIK, keratoconus, wider eyes, dry eyes, cataract surgery, and reading vision improvement at the Boxer Walkler Vision Institute in Beverly Hills, California. Also, please remember, Dr. Brian is a doctor, but he is not your doctor. He is here to provide general information, not medical advice. So you should always check with your doctor before relying on any information. Welcome everyone to The Health Show. And I've got a very special guest today, and I'm sure you've seen her a lot. Dr. Sasha Haddad, and she has her handle of Once Upon a Doctor on all of her accounts. She's on TikTok, she's on Instagram, she's on YouTube, and she's just like this huge, like positive ball of energy out there. And welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for bringing me on. King of all caps is right here. <laughs> Not too far away. <laughs> Not too far away at all. I still need that cap after this session. <laughs> so what we're going to do today with Dr. Haddad um, is we're going to go through some videos. But before we do that, it's always nice to get to know the guests. So I know a little bit about her. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I'm going to have her take it from there. But I know that you went to uh, Orange Coast College down in the South, um, in Orange County. And I do have a little, quick little story. Yeah. So I used to row and race against the OCC cruise when I was at UCLA. Oh my God. I did not know that. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I'm going to bet on UCLA road team over OCC on this one personally. But you know, they were but great. I think our tennis team was good. Tennis team was good too. I mean, I'll tell you, they had a great athletic program because um, on their website, they have like for the rowing team on the rowing website for yeah. OCC, Orange Coast College, they had like, the slogan, giant killers because oh, wow. they were a small program, but they were really good. And I don't know how they are now. I mean, it's been a few years you know, since college. Same for me, but truthfully, I agree. I mean, I had a great experience at Orange Coast College and I think they're so adventurous. They have a lot of good programs and they were expanding. And last time I heard when I transferred, because I went to UC Davis, they were actually trying to make it into a Cal State. So I think they're ah. expanding. I don't know where they are in the process, but it honestly was a great program. A lot of different majors and they excelled in different niches. And I played on tennis. I wasn't on the tennis team, but that's my experience with the tennis athletic department. And that's why I'm like, I heard about the road team. I know they had a base towards, was it Newport Coast? Yeah, yeah they were in where Newport. You guys were, yeah. yeah. That's why I heard I'm like, I supported from a distance though. Yeah. Well, as a tennis player, you'll appreciate that. I've really gotten into pickleball lately. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. I'm into beach tennis now. Yesterday I went, I visited one of my colleagues. She lives in Santa Monica and it was on an unexpected trip and out of norm, like she plays tennis and there was a whole team and marathon of beach tennis back to back. And I think, you know what? I think we should try beach tennis from now on. The weather is better at least for that. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Well, I've been loving pickles. So, you know, maybe you yeah. might go over to the dark side at some point. Okay, maybe. I think I'm already on the dark side. Does it get darker from here? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beach tennis. Um, okay, so yeah. why don't you take us back about yourself so we get to know like where you yes. grew up, where you're from. Um, I mean, going back, but maybe not, not to the womb, but, you know, getting good back. Not to the womb. <laughs> I'll tell you. So I was born here in Newport Beach, 
And then I grew up in Lebanon. And in 2013, I moved back to the States. That's when I went to Orange Coast College. And then I transferred to UC Davis. I got my bachelor's degree in biological science at the time, did some research, took a gap year. In between gap year, I had some fun. I worked as a store manager for Abercrombie & Fitch, behavior mm. therapist for autistic kids. So I did some medicine, non-medicine. I was an artist. I did runway for fashion. So it was a whole mixture of fun things. And then finally, I pursued and went to medical school in Arizona. I went to AT Still, osteopathic medical school, graduated, and I came back to California. And now I'm in family medicine. I'm finishing off my residency. Well, that sounds great. And I know you've got, you said, uh, one more year after Thank this you. year. So you're starting to see a little light at the end of the yes. tunnel. Yeah, you know, I never saw the tunnel. I don't know what shape we're in right now, but I don't think we're in the tunnel. <laughs> I don't know direction anymore, but hopefully things will get clearer as we get through. Uh, spoken like a true resident in training. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell by the gray hair and the wrinkles? You, oh, <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah, that means I'm a oh. resident still. <laughs> if, if that's your criteria Exhibiting. i'm still Exhibiting. in residency <laughs> well believe it or not right. i started off as a brunette so yeah. cap we're, we're, we're <laughs> so maybe you can explain a little bit of the difference between the two types of medical schools because you went to osteopathic medical school versus like yeah. allopathic so like what's the difference mm -hmm. so people understand actually that's a very good question because truthfully Coming from an international background, I had no idea what osteopathic medicine was until I accidentally went to a conference at UC Davis. It was the health fairs. And I actually went into a normal allopathic conference. It was booked out and I couldn't sit because of the fire marshal. They said I couldn't sit on the extra seat. So I actually walked into a random conference and surprisingly, it was an osteopathic medical board. Hmm. And so it was that or the dental conference. I had to pick one. I picked the osteopathic conference. And that was my first time hearing about osteopathic medicine. And for me, it was a bit taboo because not much was known abroad, especially internationally, about what osteopathic medicine is. And going back between the differences of osteopathic medicine and allopathic medicine, going back, there's a father called the father of A.T. Still. He's this uh, basically physician who was a doctor, allopathic doctor background back in the day. And he chose to do something called osteopathic medicine, where they look at the entire body as a unit of mind, body, and spirit. And the way that they approach it is basically a musculoskeletal background with connecting the different departments that impact your well-being and at some point there was a merge between the allopathic and the osteopathic so now you have what we call an osteopathic program in an allopathic structure so you do everything that the allopathic program does that means you're taking all your requirements you're taking all your courses anatomy pathology physiology microbiology you take the same board exams and at some point in california there was a merge but then the osteopathic side decided to part out because of some sort of training. So the difference is that we have extra hours in our program of musculoskeletal training. We learn different methods and we look at the body a little bit differently. So back in the day used to, you have someone come into the emergency department, you have a broken hand. What we do is we fix it and we send him home. But now we try to understand all the different systems that impacted the fracture in the first place. So is this person coming from a background of poverty? Did he have to work in construction that wasn't safe? Was he under stress and depression that caused him to make an accident, fall down, break his hand? In addition to that, a lot of conditions that are chronic conditions are just more than just the physiology. It's not just the pathology of the problem you'd realize that it's just more complicated. So their focus was trying to connect all the little pieces and dots 
bring it all together, learn a bunch of techniques, some of which can treat things chronically. They target the fascia, they target the muscle, they target the bones. And the theory is a structure and function are interrelated. And when one is off, the other is going to be off. For example, if you have muscle pain, let's say your spine is not in the right position, it's going to strain the surrounding muscle, the tissue. So if you're able to adjust and correct the problem, you're going to fix the surrounding area, reduce inflammation. Now, not to say in the end of the day, they are physicians, correct? So if someone's going to come in for chest pain, you're not going to just adjust the spine. That's not how it works. A chiropractor also branched from the similar topic and their focus was the spinal structure. And they do a lot of techniques called HVLA, which is high velocity, of course, high velocity amplitude. And so basically you hear the cracking. So they have a combination of physical therapy, muscle, tissue, fascia, and they bring everything together and they're related to the condition. So the way that I see it is that you have an additional tool set in your toolbox that you can offer the patient some things, extra help, extra eye to help your patient out. But in the end of the day, I think it's the same base. As you know, we go to the same residence these days. We take the same board mm -hmm. exams. Yes, I had to do double at some point. I had to take complex and step because of some, you know, residencies require it. But I think now after the merge, I was able to apply with both, whether it's a step or a complex for to the same residencies. And that's where we are. I like that approach a lot because my own personal experience, um, I've had, for example, tendonitis, you know, from rowing in the elbow and I've had injections, et cetera, in the past when I had it, but I really didn't get the final relief until I went to a physical therapist who understood that, yeah. you know, it's like muscle tension here that's pulling down on Correct. the tendon here. So um, even with my wife, she had really, really bad, like you touched and she went like, jumping off the right. table he totally after like eight sessions with her and less with me relaxed mm -hmm. these muscles upstream that were pulling on the tendon totally resolved so that's just a great example of an allopathic approach even though he's a physical therapist but you know that's just making your point that yeah they are interconnected yeah. these systems yeah and i wanted to tell you, you know even in our generation the thing that i'm seeing beautifully and i see this good overlap of the allopathic and osteopathic world because i think right now when you go into medicine people aren't just looking at the problem they're looking at it person as a whole and i think that's the goal for every physician when someone walks in you're trying to figure out all the resources support system that's impacting them how can we help them where are they coming from what's the background story and we're not just trying to put that tape on the problem saying okay good luck that's it take your medication and come back yeah so i think that there's this evolution there's a lot of more thought and investment, especially into mental wellness and socioeconomic factors, especially in Los Angeles and California. And hopefully I think that's a good overlap between both, which is something that is good. Yeah. I think in the future that gap's going to continue to narrow too. I agree. Hopefully eventually we can get rid of the gap. Yes. <laughs> As a yeah. gap. Mind the gap. Mind exactly. The gap. Mind the gap. Um, <laughs> all right. Gap. Well, let's jump into some of the uh, TikTok videos because I know that's what everybody's here for. And then, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play the videos and then we'll have a discussion. I've got my cap and you have your virtual cap and we'll... my virtual cap <laughs> and, and we'll see what we come up with. Erling Haaland is still growing, according to Manchester City doctors, even though he's 23. He grew about a centimeter, pushing his height from six foot four to almost six foot five. But how is this possible? Well, it's because he biohacks his body. 
He eats foods like organ meats, oysters and raw milk, which increases testosterone, a vital hormone needed for the production of human growth hormones. Along with that, he also uses blue light blocking glasses, which protects a circadian rhythm. This increases the quality of sleep, which also increases human growth hormones naturally. Which part of this you wanna, you wanna dissect in this video? I don't know. I just love how it's just <laughs> oozing manliness. Like the voice is so like manly <laughs> and it's about the soccer player who's eating organ meats. <sighs> I know it's a very much, you know, I felt like I grew taller through the video, you know? <laughs> I see my biceps over here a bit. They grew up too. I know there's so much going on with this video. I didn't know where to start. I'm like, okay, let me take a step back. I think they're covering so much in one video. Well, why don't you start doing your you dissection know? there, Sasha? All right. You know, where do you want to start? Let's see. I'm going through this. You're the cap king, but let's start with the growing, the, the growing taller from the 6'4 to the 6'5. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about 20. that. Three. Age twenty three. Okay, let's talk. So, about is this age twenty three? Is this even possible? Adult, fully is grown adult. Even possible. A fully grown adult in life is anything possible by nature? Very rarely, potentially, maybe. But medically speaking, by the time that he hit puberty and your growth plates have fused and everything has closed in terms of bone width and height growing taller, I highly disagree. I highly doubt, unless something pathologically happened different. It could be maybe what people are seeing in terms of maybe they're measuring something differently. It can happen from measurement to measurement. Mm -hmm. Is it a different meter that they're using? Is it the clothing? Was he wearing shoes, not shoes in between measurements? Are they measuring the different haircut? Maybe people measure differently. I think it could be basically, it's different. Depends who's taking the measurement, what meter they're using, the hairstyle. Is it different? I had long hair and a bun, short hair, non short hair. So medically speaking, height at the age of 23 after puberty, things have fused, I doubt. What do you think? No, I totally I agree with like, you. No, I'm just kind of nodding <laughs> the whole time. Cap? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like rubbernecking it. Where's, yeah. So that's cap, a 23-year-old. That's cap. A 23-year-old. And that was quick. 23 23 year olds the growth plates are fused i mean the growth plates are fused you know i mean i think mm -hmm. there's a lot of hopium and, and a video like this is going to attract a lot of attention because there's you know a lot of teenagers that want to get taller even adults and this is giving them this like hope that's like they're smoking some hopium you know and, mm -hmm. But it's false hope. Opium, i like that <laughs> it is. it's false hope it started out with catching yeah, I mean, you know, that's what goes viral are things where people have never heard something mm -hmm. before that's very outlandish and extreme. And, you know, the algorithms love that because people rewatch it because they never saw it before. So, yeah, I mean, but all the other explanations you gave are 100% plausible to explain why yeah. these measurements are different. And so, I mean, you said it very eloquently. I mean, no need to repeat it. Now, let's talk about some of the other things I talked about in organ meats. <laughs> Organ meats, organ meats, oysters. There, there was the guy, Milk. the liver king. I do. Do you remember him? Yeah, he would eat like raw liver and organ meats too. And yeah. actually, I have to say, you know, there's nothing unhealthy about that. Um, I personally like mm. liver, uh, not human liver, but you know, like I, no, I, I prefer liver, not chicken liver. Not. Um, very high in nutrients. So a lot of these organ meats actually Correct. have a lot of nutrients in them. 
but in terms of helping somebody grow taller, especially an adult, it's not going to make a difference. But he did talk about how it increases testosterone. And, you know, I mm. think having enough protein in general helps testosterone yes. as a building block. Yeah. But the thing is, the problem there, I think mm. testosterone isn't responsible for growing even when people are teenagers, right? It's growth hormone. Correct. I think when you look through the video, they sort of put everything back to back to give you the impression that all this is related to the height. And that's not necessarily true. And I do agree, even organ meat in general, in our culture, we eat liver, raw liver, of course, not human, preferably not, <laughs> but it does have a lot of nutrients. It does have a lot of vitamins, especially vitamin A. Now, of course, people, I don't know if you've heard stories that have like a polar bear liver that's very toxic, especially vitamin A excess. So you don't want to go that route in a big predator. But for the most part, as long as things, when you eat raw meat, that's more of a, in terms of handling the product, infections, parasites, things that has nothing to do with the elements, but the nutrients are present. And of course, building blocks and protein can help, of course, with the testosterone level. That could be plausible. That's fine. But in terms of height, I agree, especially in puberty, it goes back to growth hormone. It goes back to the cortisol spikes in the morning. So that I agree with. Do you want to pull your hat on this one? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of testosterone height, height that's a negatory cap there. Um, mm. Growth hormone is yes, which ties into the last part, which is he wears mm. blue blocking glasses, which uh, mm -hmm. helps with better sleep. Eye doctor. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> but that is actually not cap. That blue blocking glasses yeah. do help mm -hmm. people get better sleep because the blue light interferes with melatonin mm. secretion, which can mess up Correct. your sleep. So, um, but Correct. you can on your phone, you know, easily just put on the display mode, uh, the night shift mode, and it blocks the blue light on mm -hmm. your phone or your, your computer. So you don't have to get the glasses. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. And even, I agree. And even with the computer system, when you go through your laptops, most of them are already set up automatically to have downtime. So the majority of the time, especially when they look at, and maybe you're more experienced in that department, but when people go on to buy these glasses, just remember that understanding who's the seller is important because not every glasses that you buy that's being marketed as a blue light glasses or blocking glasses is correct. And a lot of people scam, you know, you have scam products online. So mm -hmm. I do agree. That one is not a cap. That's not cap. Based but, on your explanation is very valid. Go ahead. I was just saying everyone okay. can just save money and just have the blue light blocking on your devices because every device yeah. has that capability now. So you don't have to even spend money on these glasses. I agree. I mean, I don't know what country, maybe it's like a, a Nokia back in the day, but otherwise most features are very protectable and they're on our phones. And I think a lot of the up-to-date technology is trying to, uh, include themselves in the health in the health world. So I think they're doing their best to protect us and shield us from that. If there's any reason where that computer or that technology doesn't have it, then it might be a possibility. But I agree, don't waste your money on something that you don't necessarily need. And what's better is also downtime. I mean, try to limit yourself from being on your phone or on your computer, you know, a few hours prior to going to sleep. And I think that's even way better than all of this as well. Great tip. Really good tip. Let mm. your brain have a chance to sort of calm down before you hit the, hit the sack. Journal, listen to this podcast, you know, just try to <laughs> exactly. step away from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put this on else. save every night before you go to bed. Just listen to us, just kind of, you know, bantering about <laughs> you'll fall asleep really fast. Right. Probably. <laughs> As long as they didn't hit the exit button real quick. <laughs> um, now, let's just say somebody is an adult and they're like, well, how can I get taller? 
you know, I would probably say, you know, maybe work on your posture if you have bad posture. I mean, that can help you yes. physically. Like here I am sort of talking like this, but if I just have good posture, I popped up a couple inches. Beautiful. Anything else you want to add to, you know, just easy things to do? Well, things that I've noticed as well, the biggest thing is posture. Like you said, if I'm hunched back and I'm in this position, I'm going to appear shorter. And you see that with people growing older, stretching exercises, physical activity, just being in good health overall, watching out for a diet, having that sleep, giving your ability, giving your body the time to heal overnight because you put so much on it during the day and recovering. And so those are the things that I would recommend for someone to stay in shape and maintain their physique. And of course, you know, building that muscle strength and bone health. Those are the things that people should look into, especially when they're getting older. Because what I think about is like an investment. You want to invest when you're young in your bone health and your muscle mass, because that's going to pay back for you, especially when you're older. It's great advice. You know, being healthy, putting in the time now, you're going to get those dividends when you're older. Like you would never know, but I'm like 85. Are you? Which I is not is true. Which worth? is not true. <laughs> I was yes. ready for you. Here we go. I was ready. Yes. <laughs> Invisible cap. <laughs> okay, well, let's hit another video here. Okay, so you want to play the second one, yes. Sasha? I'm very excited. Okay. Here we go. The second one. I don't know who needs to hear this. It's probably your boyfriend, but sitting on the toilet for 30 minutes or longer is not healthy. If it takes you around 30 minutes to use the bathroom, you need more fruits and vegetables in your diet. I don't care what you say. You're not healthy. All right. I think this is actually good advice and the reason why i say this is because if you're just bored and you're spending time on the toilet but for any reason if you're struggling and you're sitting there for 30 minutes and you're straining you're applying so much pressure that's not good in the long run we have sphincters that allow you there's two things right you have involuntary and voluntary things that you can control to have your bowels move through so if you're straining a lot of people end up having hemorrhoids and things down the line because you're applying so much pressure so i would say in terms of the fruits the vegetables the fluid intake to help not be constipated is the key word i don't think this is cap my cap is off on this one that's true i agree i like that's this video advice. yeah i 100 agree with you i like this video a lot because yeah. a lot of people um, don't realize maybe they're spending so much time that, that that's a symptom of maybe not enough fiber mm -hmm. um fiber is a good mm -hmm. bulking agent for stool to help it keep moving right and actually i just did a video not too long ago um, and i researched mm -hmm. it and lo and behold watermelon has a lot of fiber and uh, the rind, and sugar, but I like the fiber. Yeah, it has sugar too. But the rind yeah. <laughs> even has, if you can't have a lot wow. of sugar, you're diabetic. Yeah. I'm going to maybe suggest just eating the rind of the watermelon because that's got a lot of fiber. That's a even good idea. Though, yeah. So fiber is really key. Well, now it's worth it's worth keeping the entire melon then. <laughs> you don't have to throw out. <laughs> now we know what to do with it. Well, I'm at home now, wow. literally, since I did this video. I went out, I bought watermelon. And um, yeah. I'm eating a slice and I'm actually eating the rind. It's like, it's okay to eat the rind. And like, my kids are like. You know what's going to happen now, <laughs> since you mentioned this, you're going to watch all the random individual rind being sold right now in the markets, Whole Foods selling rinds for market. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to cut the watermelon separately from the rind and they're going to charge you something for the rind. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't doubt um, it. That's good. But you know. Another thing that I would say too is positioning. A lot of people probably don't know this, but we I talked about a video not too long ago, but positioning, right? If 
other things that people have done is people can actually get like a low stool chair where they can actually place their feet just to give them the elevation. Because again, right, the sphincter, the way that is you have like a sling, right? The more comfortable the sling, the more open, the pipe is not clogged, things can go through easily. So it's also positioning yourself. If you don't want to buy the stool chair, you don't have to spend your money. What you can do is kind of like curl up to create that degrees to help things flow through. So that's another tip as well. So body positioning is helpful. What do, you th what do you think about hydration? I mean, yeah. Hydration, oh, especially in this heat, is very important. I think people can take fiber, but it doesn't help if you're not hydrating well. And so the key element here is you have to be able to hydrate. You have to have enough fluids in you to have things go through. And I always tell people, imagine you have a pipe. A pipe, you have an obstruction, you have blockages, things are hard to push through. You have to try to liquefy things and make things as easy for it to go through the pipe and out the exit, both ends. You have to look at both ends. And, uh, as I recall, it's been a while since I'm going back to the day in school, but yeah. the large intestine <laughs> or is the area of the intestine that actually extracts water from the mm -hmm. stool. So if somebody's dehydrated, mm -hmm. it's going to take water out of the stool in the large intestine, which is what makes yes. it harder and slower for people to pass. Is that right? Yes. Correct. You're not wrong. Correct. Then you get pellets and then you get bolus and it's not good. Yeah. So another reason to stay really hydrated. Okay. Any other tips or what about people who take the over the counter type of laxatives? Would those be healthy or not healthy? Great question. Because when we talk about over-the-counter laxatives. The problem is that a lot of people take them and don't know how much to take and don't know when to stop. And things become part of their habit, part of their ritual. And then you have more side effects than benefits with being on a chronic laxative. And that's something that we see all the time. And so my biggest advice is that if someone's going to decide to go on a laxative, if there's a trial where you know what you're having, this is the first time you're experiencing something very difficult, you want to try something over the counter for a one time or two time shot, not a problem. But once you've make a habit out of a laxative, I think we need to take a step back and talk to your physician because one, you don't know if you're, you have certain medical conditions that are causing you to be this constipated or obstructed and other things are medications. A lot of people are taking medications. You don't want to have the laxatives interact with the medications that you're taking. Mm -hmm. And just remember that the more laxatives you have at some point, it's going to cause a rebound effect and you're going to have more problems down the line. So it's not necessarily the good answer. The good answer is if you try it once in a while. It's a trial and error. You tried it, it helped one time. Okay. If it continues to happen, always talk to your doctor because you never know what's going on underneath and make sure it's safe for you and how much to take and when to stop. Well said. Okay. So everybody, we're going to come back for part two because we have more fun and games and videos to cover with uh, Dr. Sasha. And in the meantime, where can people find you? Oh, people can find me. Please never follow me to my house. But if you would like to find me and support me, I appreciate all your support. You can find me on TikTok, Once Upon a Doctor, on Instagram as well, and YouTube. So thank you so much for having me. This was great. And I can't wait to see you all in part two. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Dr. Brian Boxer-Walkler's Health Show. To review the show notes for this episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, and any links mentioned, visit nocaphealthshow.com. Don't miss another episode. And subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to follow Dr. Brian on TikTok at Brian Boxer Walkler, MD. And remember, Dr. Brian is a real doctor, but he is not your doctor. He is here to provide general information, not medical advice. So you should always check with your doctor before relying on any information.